Welcome to the Why God Why podcast brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. My name is Harry Gibbs. I'm a member at Browncroft, and I'm joined by my fellow host, Peter Engler, Director of Adult Ministries at Browncroft, and John Amayo, New York State Crew Director. Today's topic is Why God Why Am I Afraid to Start Something New? Before we welcome in today's special guest, let's take a moment, gentlemen, to summarize what we mean with this question. John, I'm going to hand this off to you. Wow. Get wow. started. Thanks for the handoff, Pedro. Pedro, I really like that. Um, I think, you know, here's here's the fact of the matter is that all of us at some point have to make decisions on, uh, am I in the right spot at the right time? And is this the place that's that's the best fit for me? I know I've gone through a couple job changes in my life. And uh, during those seasons, I really had this internal battle, like, is this the right fit for me? And if it isn't, that means that a whole new set of things is in play now. And honestly, it's, it's quite scary when you're in one of those spots because the thought sometimes of changing can be even scarier than the thought of staying where you're at. And so this is a very real struggle, I think, for a lot of people who are listening today. Pedro, have, have you ever gone through a, an instance like this where you kind of were worried about... Um, you know, the future, are you in the right spot? Should I make a change? You know, if so, when all that stuff is the sky blue, Um, you know, (laughs) well, you know, and what I was going to say is, you know, and I can share a little bit more of my story later, but the reason why I I love our guest today, Jeff Roters is here's, here's someone, you know, I think sometimes we hear the extremes. Mm. We hear, I'm either going to stay in my, you know, job, that I just get paid for for the rest of my life, or I'm gonna go start something brand new and quit my job. And the thing about Jeff is Jeff's lived in this tension of starting, you know, organizations like Guitars for Glory and Carry the Quiver. Um, But he's also had to have a regular 40 hour a week job. And I think sometimes what we do is we try to make an extreme choice without really pursuing it. And you know, here's what I know about Jeff. I mean, he works really hard at what he does. And so I think for some of our listeners, I can see one hand being the listener that's like, I'm stuck. I'm doing this forever till I'm 65. I can see other listeners that I've quit something eight times because I thought Mm -hmm. this was my dream job. And so I think having someone like Jeff that's navigated it, um, I think that's going to be really helpful today in our conversation. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Jeff is beyond just a really wise dude. He's also a great friend uh, and somebody that uh, has has meant a lot to me in my life. I've loved watching his journey. And just as he has made uh, several different transitions, even the time I've known him, it work-wise, but also just in the way he contributes back uh, to the lives of the people around him is something that I really, really appreciate. So, uh, Jeff, welcome to the table with us. It's great to have you here. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. to be here. This is my... Only second podcast ever. So, wow. oh man, what was the first? We'll put it in the show notes. Um, it was a podcast called "Let Them Hear," and it's all about guitar gear and instruments. Nice. Yes. So, I'm I'm excited to be here, dude. Dude, guitar gear and instruments. Yeah, like that's a passion of yours, guitar gear. It is. Yeah, yeah. 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 I see it on the Instagram post. Sure. Yeah, I post a lot about it. I try and sprinkle in things about my kids and my wife right and yeah pizza yeah yeah the uni pizza oven yeah, which is the best thing i've ever bought yeah aside from 
Amy's wedding ring. Right. <laughs> second best, second best thing. <laughs> Which we'll also link to in the show notes. I don't know why. Anyway, so, but that's cool, man. Yeah, it's, thanks for having me. Yeah. So what is it that you do now, Jeff? Like, what is it that your current job, like give people an idea of, of the life of Jeff Roeders, what it is that you do? Sure. I think that's something that I'm still sort of figuring out. Sure. Uh, and, you know, as you guys sort of indicated, it is a journey. Uh, I recently got hired by two of my very good friends, um, Jason and Nicole Tones, who also have recently gone through super um, intense transitions in their careers, uh, trying to find where ministry and the things that they care about in their heart can align with business in the marketplace. And uh, I've learned a lot about that over the last couple of years myself. So they hired me to come on board in their new uh, dream uh, to put those things together as their uh, COO, I guess. And John and I were talking about this before. We don't really even know what that that is or what they do. So it's I'm a really some cool time title, reading. though. It That's is. A beautiful it's all title. about titles, yeah, yeah, right? It really is. Yeah, yeah. It's all about cooing. You know, uh, exactly. <laughs> so they, they've been incredibly gracious in, in walking alongside me as I figure out what that looks like for their organizations. But so technical, uh, technically my title is Chief Operating Officer, and we are part of a ventures company that oversees a family foundation, a creative studio, uh, marketing, digital creation, storytelling, a law firm and a real estate company. And so technically my job is to help direct all of those entities as well as doing some private equity investments in mission-minded organizations. So this gives us a good opportunity to lead off the conversation because you're in this position of starting something new. Um, but you've also been in positions where you've had to probably stay in the same lane. So w what is more difficult? Is it that newness that you're experiencing now or past seasons where you kind of had to stay quiet and keep doing the same thing? Yeah. So when you guys sent over these questions to prepare me for this, <laughs> um, I think that was the the most difficult part about this question is not honestly not having one or the other. And mm. I, but I can, I can say that every step and, and in the moment, it's hard to see whether it's personal, you know, struggles or, or obstacles that you come across. Um, personally, I think the same is for the professional world, but I, what I can do now is look back and see how, and I, I do not, speak Christianese and I don't want to over spiritualize things. Um, and I'm probably, if you talk to my friends, I'm probably the last guy to ever do that. <laughs> but I do see how God kind of lays out these, these individual stepping stones that lead you to a place that you're at. And it, mm -hmm. if I didn't as a 21 year old, get on the phone and make 120 phone calls a day, trying to get people to buy probably the world's worst software for nine <laughs> Which months. Which is what? Which uh, is what? I won't even say the name anymore. Oh. <laughs> but basically, uh, Google is doing that for free for everybody. So you can yeah. you can see they didn't turn out super well. But yeah. um, I built a tough skin, you know, calling 120 people a day uh, and, and hearing no probably 119 times um, set me up for the ability to be bold and ask things that, that, that I think in business, like, hearing no can, can be the detriment of your career. Um, hearing no and not being able to take that mm -hmm. as, as something that you can come, can use for good. Right. So, um, I, I see so often people want to see this finished house, but yeah. they don't want to 
go to Home Depot to buy the mm-hmm. lumber. They don't want to hammer the nails in. They want they want to leave college, and I'm this, I was this too, and mm-hmm. get the perfect job. Um, but I think so. I guess if I have to answer this question, um, starting something new or staying in the same thing, I think they're they're probably equally as difficult. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know if that answers it, but. Well, let, let me ask you this. Um, you know, there's a lot of personality type things going on right now. And maybe we'll let you share, you know, kind of maybe what you're doing. But I think there's some people that have a proclivity to start something new. And there's other people that have a proclivity to be a risk taker. And there's probably a lot of us that are somewhere in the middle. Out of both of those, where do you see yourself? I would say right now, more of the risk taker. Mm-hmm. And that's because of personal uh, obstacles that my family has walked through. And you guys know some of that story. But when you look down uh, kind of the tunnel of losing a family member or, you know, struggles that deeply impact you on a personal uh, level, it really puts in perspective what you want to do for the rest of your life from mm. eight to five or, or whatever the hours are. And so I see my desire to pursue the things that God has placed in my heart, the things that I know over, you know, since I was 15, he was growing inside of my heart and the things that I've felt passionate about to see how that aligns with that eight to five. So many people do an eight to five because like like you said, they need a paycheck. Um, They want to provide for the family. And those are all really good things. You, you, You need that. But I do think that God has something for everybody where they can apply these gifts and passions in their in their day jobs, and um, it's not it's not an either or. So my personal story, I think, has set me up to not care about whether or not I have the financial resources to live my my daily life and provide for my family because He's allowed me to use the gifts and the things that um, I've tried to be faithful in now as my profession. Mm. Can you like let the people listening, like I know some of that, some of that backstory for you, but you know, for, for people who might not be familiar with your whole story, can you, can you let people into a little bit of your story? Like what, what are some of those moments for you that as you look back, you go, okay, here's, here's like a moment that was, I can look back at now and go, I can see why this refined my purpose a little bit more in life or this refined what I'm going after. Sure. Yeah. I, I would love to. And you're probably going to hear me cry if that's, that's okay. No. That's fine. Well, I'd probably will cry with you. We're <laughs> criers right. here. So it's all good. You're going to change the question of this podcast to who's the biggest baby. Right. Around, <laughs> right? That would be me. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I've talked a lot at Browncroft, especially over the last year about my wife and I, uh, Amy's, infertility journey and you know seeing as amy is a two-year-old even talking to her mom saying that she wants to be a, a mother like that was her dream you know some people want to be fired for like even asking my three and a half year old or two and a half year old son right now what he wants to be he wants to either drive a construction vehicle or uh, be a firefighter he's even said he wants to be a fire truck wow which is I, great go yeah. for it <laughs> um but amy always said i want to be a, a mom you know mm. she, she really had no dreams of being anything else and so when we, you know, started our journey to grow our family, um, and that wasn't happening the way that it happens for most people, it, it was really difficult for her and, and for me. And it came in waves of, 
you know, each of us kind of walking through different, uh, baskets of feelings. And, um, but I know for me, I got to a point where I just felt inadequate. I felt like I couldn't give her what she desired. And I felt like God put us together incorrectly, you know? Mm. Um, and it was through a lot of that, uh, just questioning purpose in life and, and seeing thousands of dollars be paid towards these infertility treatments that I think could have made, make or break us kind Mm. of a moment. And, and there were, there were seriously times where we were unsure of, you know, our future together. Uh, and, and that's, I think that it's easy to let doubt in sin, doubt, sin, you know, um, lies creep into your head about who you are and who God, you know, made you to be. And so as we walked through that and people came alongside us, um, we just realized that we needed to be okay with, um, recognizing that God is good, even when things don't seem that way and that God has a purpose in these plans. And so when you look at a you know, sacrificing the thing that you think is the most important in life and, and then just decide and choose to be obedient and pursue God, regardless, um, I believe that he blessed us because of that and not, not didn't give us what we wanted because of that, but allowed us to take that moment and, and, and apply that to every area of our life. What's important? Mm. What's the most important things that he's called us to? And how are we going to pursue those? Even if, you know, our daily lives feel like we're missing something. Mm. Um, yeah. So, and then, and then, you know, we walked through the adoption process that was not cut clean and dry. It was incredibly difficult. And there were times where, um, you know, we were unsure if we were going to be able to keep our son that we had had for a year and a half. And, uh, you know, when you stand and look at the possibility of losing your child, you can easily wake up in the morning, go to a job that you're going to simply for a paycheck and say, what am I doing Mm. with my life? And I, and I've had moments of that at really good jobs. Um, but I also know that those jobs that I've been at God used to teach me things that I've been able to apply to where I'm at now. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So what you're saying is like even the biggest catastrophes that you've experienced in life, like some of the biggest pain has been a way that, that God's chosen to kind of shift your future and, and prepare you for maybe the season that you're at right now. Exactly. In, in the attitude that you're taking in this season right now. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm curious. Um, <clears throat> so if you could talk to 24 year old Jeff, you know, and if you could, you know, just have a conversation with Jeff about new endeavors or staying in the same place. Um, what would you say to Jeff? Oh, I'd probably punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I would, I would look at myself in first, I'd say, you, you know, nothing, you know, and, and actually I'd say that to myself now, I think the, longer you live life and the more you see, the more you have to be willing to say, I know less than I thought I did. Um, but I think it was, you know, around 24, 25, maybe 26, where I realized, uh, how important like worshiping was and, and worshiping through garbage, worshiping through things that are, are hard and difficult. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I think if I could look at myself at 24, I would say keep doing that and do that, do that better and harder mm. 
at 24 than I do now at 35. Um, and I think that could have really alleviated, not, not necessarily the pain, but a lot of the doubt um, in understanding that, that I am not in control and I do not design my future. But if we put, if we worship and we put our whole heart and trust in God, then I think the alignment of your daily path and your heart come together more than we think it does. So yeah, 24 year old Jeff, man, I, I don't know if lost is the right word. Cause I, you know, I've, I've always loved Jesus and, and, um, tried to pursue him, but gosh, let's get him here. Mm. Yeah. 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 So if you were to look at 24 year old Jeff, knowing what's down the pipe, like, would you, how would you prep him for some of the harder things that he's about ready to encounter? Like beyond punching him in the face, <laughs> like, but Which like, how I think you, we would all do to ourselves. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would totally punch 24 year old John in the face, but anyway, and 24 year old Jeff. Yeah. And 24 year old Jeff <laughs> and 24 year old Peter for sure. We all would. No, no, I'm my, just kidding. My, my wife was big fans of you then and now, so I can't, yeah, yeah. you know, so, <laughs> so I, I can't, I can't punch 24 year old Jeff. John on the other yeah, hand. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. That you could do. Harry. Uh, yeah. maybe. <laughs> So to ask me that question again. Yeah. So, so no one, obviously you're in the spot now where, you know, everything that's occurred since you would have met 24 year old Jeff, all that season that you walk through with a lot of happiness, no doubt, but with a lot of pain at the same time, like how would you prep 24 year old Jeff to walk through that season of pain because you know what was coming and you kind of alluded maybe to some of that, but, um, yeah, I, I, I can honestly say that it's community that pulled me through a lot of mm. stuff. And you know, you take, you have your friends, you've got your life friends, you've got friends that you meet through seasons of life, um, or changes and in, in things. Uh, but I would, I would tell him surround yourself and, and stay surrounded with, with people who can challenge you. Mm. Um, people who, who love Jesus and will tell you to do that even when you don't want to. Mm. Um, yeah, I think, you know, that's looking back at the last six years that I think that's the reason I'm sitting here mm. is, is people that would come and basically sacrifice things in their own lives to, to better yours, you know? And I, um, during a lot of those difficult times, I didn't, not that I didn't think I had great friends, but I had some friends that would show up at my house and say, mm -hmm. dude, stop moping, mm -hmm. get in my car. We're going to get a beer mm -hmm. and we're going to talk and you're going to tell us how you're feeling. And you're not going to, mm -hmm. you're not going to close in. You're not going to sit at home, be a baby and, and, and cry about the things that are going on in your life because you're going to use this for mm -hmm. something, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I think I'd say that to him too, is like, stay surrounded. Don't isolate yourself. Um, find people that will challenge you even when you don't like what they say. Mm. Um, I think that's usually when you have friends that you know are, are thoughtful and intentional and spending time in the word, um, and love people. When they say something that's hard to you, it's, it's coming from a, a authentic place, genuine place. 
This is the Why God Why podcast. Uh, We're answering the question, why am I afraid to start something new? Uh, Why God Why? Harry Gibbs, John Amayo, and Peter Engler. Uh, Our special guest today is Jeff Roders, uh, a a man of many talents, but Guitars for Glory is the one we all like to, you know, stand out and and cheer about because it is such a great organization. So uh, along with that, um, so that's like a, a moment of victory, Right. And um, when we're pursuing these new endeavors, how do we know God wants us to pursue those? And so the reason I introduce you as Guitars for Glory, was there something you truly felt different from the different from other endeavors you tried over the years? Yeah. So, you know, I mentioned a little bit about worship before, and I know like worship is when, when you say that word, a lot of people think music. And that's where I go, because that's I think throughout my life, even like doing things like Flower City Work Camp, where worship is like the foundation of these kids being launched in the city and, and caring for people who need it most. Mm. Um, and then they come back to Browncroft or the, the West Side location and they worship together. And I think worship, you know, again, I'm not, I don't want to get into these cliches or, you know, uh, cheesy Christian phrases, but I do fully believe that worship is what wins our battles, Right. And it did for me personally. And I think so many people look for opportunities to uh, create or launch something that because they see not necessarily a need, but an opportunity to make money. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, pe- I think people can make money and, and, and provide and give, and we need people to do that. Um, but then I think there's also people that see a need in the world that aligns with the, their heart. And when you pursue that, um, I think God, he's in it. He's going to bless it. And I, I see it with guitars for, you know, just seeing other people around the world not have access to things that we have that enable us to worship. Um, and not that you need a guitar or not that you need any instrument or a microphone. Um, but I think there are certain tools that when the heart is in the right place that can enhance, enable, and, um, basically compound an an experience where the Holy spirit is just incredibly powerful. And there's so many, things in the, or so many passages in the Bible just about music and the power of music and and worship and praising God and, um, making a joyful noise. And so when we, um, myself and the other guys that started this with me saw people who have this gift, but don't necessarily have the tools to create said, well, why not? You know, Mm um, I also, you know, truly believe that is the, pursuit of that ministry in my own life to, to help grow and and use it to encourage people that has given me the opportunity to be at where I'm at now in my job. And I know, um, my bosses are, are incredibly supportive of GFG. They even give me my Fridays off to, to work on, uh, guitars for glory. Uh, and they've been encouraging from the beginning and they've seen even before we were friends and even before I was an employee of theirs, they were encouraging and they would bring guitars when they'd go on trips to Malawi, Africa. And, uh, so I think my pursuit of, um, and not always easy and not always, sometimes I'm kicking and screaming and don't really want to do all of it all the time. And we've got a lot of great people, but I know it was them watching how I served in guitars for glory that wanted them to bring me on as part of their team. And so God has certainly used guitars for glory and my passion there to, basically give me a career that is in in perfect step with with uh, guitars for glory 
you know, Jeff, I'm curious because, you know, I think some of our listeners, I mean, we're pretty open about doubt and just not, you know, does God exist or not? And the interesting thing about your life and the organizations that you've been a part of or started, even if you took the Christian part out, Mm -hmm. you know, and you just gave guitars, like, I think most of us would say we want to make a difference. And, and I think sometimes Christianity is seen as either passive or active in the wrong direction. So active politically. So, you know, I'm pretty sure if some of my friends that don't go to church, they sit down with you, they'd be like, yeah, this Jeff's he's a cool guy and he's doing so. And so I'm just kind of wondering, kind of sharing, there's people out there that want to make a difference. They want to change the world, but they either see Christianity as passive towards that or actually anti towards it starting anything new. Tell me about your experience and how Christianity and following Jesus has played a role in that. Yeah, I think um, it's it's really easy as Christians to become legalistic, right? Um, and try and, you know, quote unquote, save people because it's a notch in our belt. You know, how many people have you saved? Um, and I think the answer to that question is nobody. You know, we don't, it's really not our job. Um, I think we're supposed to love people and plant seeds and they'll know who we are because of our love. Right. And I think, um, you know, not, not to dumb it down, but it is so much about spending time and caring for people with no agenda, Mm. um, no agenda. all. actually, I just came from a, from a meeting, um, where somebody asked me, would you, give a guitar to somebody who wasn't a Christian. And I, we get that question a lot. And, and I said, well, would you give, you know, a shirt to somebody who needed it? Would you give food to somebody who was hungry? And, um, you know, the answer is yes. Uh, you know, I, I know there's different case, you know, case by case thing, but for me, um, I started playing guitar because I love music. And, and as I became more involved in, church, I realized how I could use music to glorify God. Um, and so I think anybody, whether you're, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, I think there are, are ways, and I don't know if I'm going off on a tangent with your question, um, that Christians often forget how to love people because we're so concerned with pursuing the, the outcome mm. as opposed to living in the in-between space where we're genuinely caring for people without the desire to convert or, or, or turn them into believers. And I'm not saying there's, there's moments for that too. You know, there's, uh, you know, there's people in my family that do that really well. Um, we'll tell somebody about Jesus, you know, within two seconds of walking up to him. Um, but I think there needs to be relationship there for it to mean something. And I've had people ask me, you know, why do you pursue Jesus? Why do you, why is Christianity something that you live by? And, um, I could point to all sorts of scripture. Mm. I'm not going to do that now, but for, for me, it's been, there's no way I would be where I'm at now on my own. Mm. Um, and I can, like you said earlier, John, I can point back to moments where God just showed up and mm. it wasn't a coincidence. There's no way it coincidence. And I know that's true now because even more so because I've been able to share those moments with people and I see them wanting something that they will say, 
how do I get what you have? Mm. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. You know, I, I was just, as I was listening to you and I, what I love about what you just shared is your gifts and passions can actually lead you to God, not away from God. And I think, you know, so many people I talk to, like, you know, just using you as an example, like just because I play guitar, doesn't mean I have to give it up once I become a, you know, a follower of Jesus. And like, just because I love sports doesn't mean I have to like give up that dream. And, um, you know, just, it's so interesting because to see you engage that brings you closer. And I think that's a little bit of what following Jesus is, is that you actually find out more of who you are than what you would before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, um, (laughs) I think pursuing Jesus has been way more exciting in so many more unknowns than times in my life where I was maybe very passive or, um, uninterested or disinterested, you know, the times where I've really pursued him, I've, I feel like I've had those moments where I've been able to take a step off of a cliff and, Mm -hmm. um, and, and step into things that aren't easy or are difficult because I know he's in it. Mm. So, but the boring part is not pursuing, pursuing him. And I can say that because I've done both, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe, maybe just tying this up a little bit. I think one of the things that a lot of us struggle with when we're, when we're in those situations where we have to make a decision is what if this fails? Like, what if this all comes crumbling down and, you know, it doesn't work out the way that I think it it's going to, um, you've obviously been through a lot of different stages. Have it, has, and has anything that you've been a part of failed? And if so, did it rock your world? Did it not rock your world? How did that all pan out? If not, how, you know, yeah, that's cool too. But did do you have a, do you have anything in, in, in that whole journey that you look back on now and you go, wow, actually that one crashed and burned. Uh, yeah, I think I've, I've failed a lot at things, mm. you know, and I've, I've even, there's been times where we've, um, you know, started business ventures that have been absolutely terrible mm. and maybe it was the idea, maybe it was the execution. Mm. Uh, but I think yeah, if you want a specific example, I'd be glad to give you one. Sure. But, yeah. yeah that, um, one of my best yeah. friends and I started a, you know, a kind of a white label branded coffee program, mm. uh, where we were going to help nonprofits sell coffee to you know, help increase revenue and sustainability within the organization. And I think the idea was really good. I can, I don't mm. even say that right now. <laughs> Nobody take this, but, and it was something we, we had worked through with Katosh for glory and it had shown success. But when we decided to take it and make it into a business venture, not just a way to help people, we realized the margins were terrible. It was a lot of work and we ended up making like 30 cents a bag. Um, and which probably prorated itself to be maybe, I don't know, a dollar an hour. Mm. That's not, you know, that's not going to provide for my family. Uh, But what I will say in that is I think you need to fail. Mm. I think, and I've needed to fail to learn things. Um, I'm, uh, you know, for every 10 ideas I have, probably one works Mm -hmm. well. um, And the other nine are what makes that work. The nine failures are what make that one work. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I, you know, don't, (laughs) can't be afraid to fail because it's, it's, uh, I think it builds character and, um, it, it also kind of hones in on direction. Yeah. 
Beautiful. Beautiful. So Jeff, we like to conclude every podcast. Uh, we have kind of our, our final question and you get the final word. So is that on the list? Yeah, it's not on the list. (laughs) Uh, Okay. We find it's better if you're surprised, you know? All right. (laughs) So we'll let Peter and John fight who's going to go first amongst them. But essentially we, we take today's topic. So the why God, why podcast, why am I afraid to start something new? And we bring Jesus right into the conversation, put him in the center of the table and say, how would Jesus answer this for us? And what does, how does he answer it for us practically uh, in the word? So uh, we will let uh, the boys give their side and be ready. The the boys aren't back in town, as they would say. You know, during this whole conversation, I was thinking about 1 Corinthians 7. And the author of that letter to the church is actually answering questions in the section. And... Paul makes this statement and he says, if you can change your, or remain in your situation, but if you can change your situation, if you have an opportunity to do it, do it. And I I don't think that's an oversimplification of our question, but I wonder how much more freedom God gives us. Not like, you know, in listening to Jeff's story, like not that, all right, Jeff, I'm going to let you do that. Peter, I'm going to let you do that. I know it's going to be a failure, but more just like, like kind of that perfect father in the background. Like, I don't care if you fail. I just love watching you do it. And I think of what Paul's words are like, if you have an opportunity and of course with the right motives, take it. And if you don't like, don't worry about it. And I wonder if we put so much pressure on ourselves to start something new or actually to not risk that God's just saying, this is more fun and free and it's not easy, but it's better if, than if you just sat on the sidelines. So I think I'm leaving, you know, challenged by Jeff of just saying, you know, I mean, just even his last thing, I think Jesus is with it. Like there's failing because you morally (laughs) failed with integrity or without integrity, but then there's failing because you said, you know what, I'm going to do the best I can with what I have. And at the end of it, you look at it and you're like, I would have never learned that. I would have never known that. And I think that that's where we want to land. I don't know, John, you never fail. No, I fail (laughs) a lot. Uh, Yeah. John has made many failures. Sometimes we'll just do like a whole series of podcasts on John's (laughs) failures. That'll be great. But um, yeah, as I think about this question, uh, there's been, one parable that Jesus tells that kind of has been rattling around in my head throughout this whole conversation. And it's, it's a parable that he talks about three different guys being given a gift of talents or of money. And, and each one used that, that gift in a different way. Uh, the first two guys, one was given five talents. He invested it. He, he, he made five more. The second guy was given two and he invested that and, and he made two more. But the last guy um, was given a, one talent and he buried it in the ground and rather than using it, he said, well, my master is a tough master and I'm not going to use that talent. I'm just going to bury it away. And, um, you know, this conversation, Jesus had some really harsh words for that, (laughs) that guy who buried that talent. And because I think not only was his, his heart, uh, against bearing the talent, but his heart was the wrong view of who God is. His view of God was that he's a harsh 
man who's gonna like come after me if I botch up, if if I if I fail, that he's gonna he's gonna put it all on the line. In actuality, like I love your illustration, Peter, of what how you described, you know, God is like a father who just wants to see you out there trying. Like I think that's his desire for us. And so where fear is in the in the mix and it's getting us to stop investing in what God wants us to invest in. I think that's when we have to stop and say, well, maybe I'm not in the right spot right now. Um, so th- that's, what's got me thinking. And I, I appreciate Jeff's story and man, you, you sharing that with us today. I'll let you back clean up. And, uh, if you got any other parting words for us, how would yeah, you, uh, you know, what, um, two things, I think, kind of piggybacking on what both you guys just said. Um, I've got a good friend who is a pastor in Maine and um, that, that fear of, you know, us looking to our father and maybe failing or, or, or letting him down or, or disappointing him. And it keeps us from pursuing that. Right. And maybe it's, maybe it's fear of what people will say or people thinking different things or, you know, trying to please people instead of God. And, but so much of it is about relationship. And and he, this past summer, painted a picture to me um, when we were talking about this stuff. And he said, just kind of like shoveling your driveway in the winter when you're, you know, your five-year-old will come out and you start shoveling together. And, you know, as the father, as a human father, you're getting upset. Like, well, she's just taking the snow that I already threw off the driveway back into the driveway. And you're, you're slowing me down. You're slowing me down. When our heavenly father, he doesn't, he's not looking at that outcome. He's looking at the relationship. Mm. And would you much rather have your daughter or your son there shoveling with you, Mm. even if it takes you a little longer, um, then yeah, you know, by all means. And I think, uh, so I don't know if I went off on a tangent there, but just relation relationally, um, and not letting what we think people expect of us humans projecting what they expect us to do in our relationship with Mm. God and and just pursuing God and what he's called us to as individuals. And so, um, yeah, even the talents thinking about, I think it's Matthew 6, 26 or 6, 23, but the birds in the air, not storing up in storehouses and and doesn't your heavenly father care that much more about you. And so taking those talents, taking those things that God has placed in your heart and pursuing them at, at all costs, because that's the that's mm-hmm. the fun part. It might mm-hmm. be scary, but it's fun. It's mm-hmm. way more fun than hanging on to them. Jeff, thanks for joining us on the Why God Why podcast. Thanks for having me. If you have any questions you'd like Peter, John, or myself to address, or just want to comment on today's show or any show we've had, please check us out at whygodwhypodcast.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>